Well, this is another one of those days where, you know, my wife's asked me two or three times, what are you going to be speaking on? And I said, I don't know exactly, you know. I'm becoming okay with that. Uh, I liked what, what Alan said last week. You know, he says, really, as ministers, we, whether we say, thus saith the Lord or not, we're really, our intention is to deliver the mind of Christ. Our intention is to deliver what God has to say to a people at a particular time, in a particular place. And I believe that God is real and that He speaks to us today. And so if He's real, He must have a mind. He must have a subject and a message that He wants to give to His people. So I can give you my message or I can give you His message. And my desire, my hope is to give you His. Hallelujah. Let's turn over to Proverbs. There's a few things running through my spirit that I believe he wants to talk to us about, but um, I'm just going to share for a few minutes and then we'll, we'll see where we end up. Proverbs chapter 3, and we'll just start in the first verse. It says, My son, forget not my law. But let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, and morrow to thy bones. One of the things that I have heard most one of the requests for prayer, one of the desires and questions that people have, I think more than, than any, is I need direction. And uh, I've heard that, and I've said that myself <laughs> over, over the years. I've heard that as much as any other thing that someone wants from the Lord, is I just really need direction. And here he says, if we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not to our own understandings and acknowledge and in all of our ways acknowledge him, he shall direct our paths. It's easy to read that. <laughs> it's easy to understand what is being said, but it's, it's such a different thing to walk that out. When, what does it mean when he says, trust in the Lord? And see, how are you going to trust someone that you don't really know? So there's a lot implied in that statement, trust in the Lord. Because you're going to have to know Him. You're going to have to know who He is. You're going to have to know what He wants. Um, if you don't know what He wants in your life, you should know at least His character and what you can expect from Him. See, I trust my wife. 
I've been married to her for 25 years. And uh, I know what to expect most of the time. <laughs> but, I, but I've learned to trust her. There's been times when I believe things should go a certain way and I could tell she didn't agree. And I, sometimes it would upset me. I'm like, what, what, what's wrong? You know, why, why are you not wanting this as much as I do? And it wasn't that. I'd, I'll give you an example. You know, we've been traveling to Kenya and Uganda, Africa for about 13 years. We've been going at different times. And, I, you know, I, I think we've been six, I, I've been five or six times. My wife was able to come with me one time. And in 2020, we had planned a trip that my wife was going, my children, all of my children, well, three of my children, my sister, her husband, we bought the tickets, we're ready to go. And my wife, I could tell there's a hesitancy about it. And I, I'm like, well, you know, why aren't you excited about this? This is what we've always dreamed of. This is what, this is what God has put in my heart. I know this is awesome. And she's like, she said, would you be disappointed if this trip didn't happen? And I said, well, I mean, I, I was beside myself. I thought, how could you say such a thing? <laughs> Why would you even think that? We're trusting in God. He's going to, of course this is going to happen. But um, she knew something that I didn't know. You know, and so in that moment, I didn't really trust my wife. Because I had my own desires, my own ideas, my own expectations of what was going to happen. And I believe that part of trusting in the Lord is being able to set aside our own picture of what we believe God has called us to. It might be what He called you to, but it might not look exactly the way you think it looks. And so we have to trust in Him. And so uh, there in 2020, even all of my plans, everything that I had set out, all that I desired to do, I was sure that it was coming to pass. And of course, um, 2020 happened. <laughs> we, we had the pandemic we had, and everything was shut down. It was impossible. I mean, maybe if you wanted to swim, I don't know for sure, there, but it was impossible to get across the ocean. All the airlines were shut down, everything. And so I was disappointed, but it taught me that I wasn't really trusting in the Lord. I was trusting in my own understanding because I knew the Lord had said, go to Africa. And I had my own understanding of what that meant. I knew God had called us as a family to go to Africa so we could go to Africa. And I don't think it was wrong to plan a trip to go to Africa. But see, God knew what would happen. So I could say I was following the Lord. And I think I was following His mind for what He wants for our family. But the timing obviously was not from the Lord. Now, um, at that moment, my, my wife was more in tune with that. And you know, there's going to be times when, when if you're married, <laughs> your wife is going to be a little more in tune with those things. Or your husband is going to be a little more in tune with what the Lord is. And, and we have to learn how to trust God as a family. You know, I can't trust God for you, but we can have a multitude of counselors and we can hear God together as a family. Now, if you come to me and you say, God told me this, I don't have the right to say, well, he didn't say that. 
But if you come and say, well, I believe the Lord is leading me in this direction and I need some clarity, we can go together and we can trust God together and we can get clarity from Him. We can acknowledge Him and say, God, you know what? I have an idea. I believe it's from you. I believe this is the plan you gave me. I have it written out. I know exactly this is what I believe you want me to do. But I'm walking in it like this. So that, Lord, you can take it and you can turn to the page over here and say, no, you you forgot this part right here. You got to do this first. And then you can turn back and say, okay, now, now you can go. And, 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 And it's a part of learning how to trust the, not only the voice of the Lord, but the ways of God. Trusting that he has our best interest at heart. There's times when things don't turn out the way that I'd hoped they would. There's time we're standing here. We're standing and believing for revival in Tulsa. That banner has been on that wall for many years. That banner has been on that wall for many years. We've come to this building and we've shouted, Tulsa is saved. Jesus is Lord over Tulsa. I sat in the, in the chairs and listened to Pastor Dave saying, Father, we thank you for a thousand people born again every week from the prayer center. And I'm sure that there were weeks that Dave was sure this was going to be it. I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm certain. I know there were times when I thought this week this is going to be it. Or this year this has got to be it. We're entering into it now. But see, we have to learn to not lean on our own understanding. See, it's so easy to say, I'm trusting God. I'm believing God. These are phrases that we've developed quite well in our Christian community. Oh, well, I'm just believing God, brother. You know, I'm trusting in the Lord. I mean, how are you going to put gas in your car? I don't know. I'm trusting God. You got your hand out, you know. I'm trusting God. Maybe He's speaking to you, brother. No. See, that's not really trusting God. That's relying on your own understanding. You're, it, it may be the first steps to trusting God. It might be the beginning uh, of uh, learning who God is and how He provides for us and how He leads us and guides us. But when we put our trust in Him, we don't have any other option and we're not looking for the, to the things of this world to explain to us how He's going to do it. That's leaning on our own understanding. That's leaning on uh, something that we can explain for ourselves. We could start to come up with programs and ideas and ways in which we could bring revival to Tulsa. And, there, and we could probably have wonderful services and great opportunities and do good things. But if we're doing that in our own understanding, then we're not going to be directed in our paths. We'll, we'll find a path. It's easy to find a path, and you can walk down lots of paths. I mean, there's, there's so many churches in this city. You could, you could go, and, and you could get plugged in, and you could 
put yourself on a committee and you can begin to go a, a particular direction. And, and I'm not against any of those things. All I'm saying is that that's deciding a path and walking after God. But see here, we're, we're wanting to trust in Him. We're wanting to learn of Him. We're wanting to acknowledge Him so that He puts us on the path. He directs us down the way that He has us to go. Not the way that that we're hoping to go. It uh, doesn't mean we're not going to revival. That's, exact, that's exactly where we're going. But we're not going because we have some preconceived idea of what it is. But we're learning what the Lord is saying revival is. And we're doing our best to get into that. And I say we're learning because I don't think any of us really... How can we know exactly what it looks like when He said it's nothing we've ever seen before? Not only anything we've never seen before, but nothing that this earth has really seen. I saw something the other day. I wasn't sure if I wanted to share it, but I'm going to share just a little, little tiny snippet of what I had heard. This was a prophecy from many years ago. And it was actually, um, it was actually from Kenneth Hagin. But if you were to take Bronx's voice or Gary's voice or my voice and you were to put that over that prophecy, you would think it was something that had come in the last year through our, through our ministry. Basically, he said this, you're right on the cusp. Because you're standing on the muddy banks of the river. And he said, this is a river, the outpouring of my spirit that will affect not only hundreds and thousands, but millions will be swept into the river. Another thing that I thought was interesting in the prophecy is he said, it's going to take maturity to see these things come to pass. And he said, but in these days, you'll see some that will, it will almost seem as though they matured overnight. The things that have taken Decades for men to get to in the past will be able to step into it what would seem like almost overnight. Now, that's wonderful. It's amazing. It's almost, like I said, the same type of words, the same anointing, the same mind that we're hearing here today. Brother Hagen's been gone for Almost 10, well, more than 10 years, more than a long time. I think more than 15 years. So it's wonderful, but it's the same word. (laughs) We're standing on the cusp. So you begin to wonder, what does that mean? See, the thing is, it doesn't really... If I try to reason that out in the natural, I can begin to be disappointed and say, well, my gosh... That was 20 years ago. (laughs) And now, Gary's saying we're standing right on the cusp. (laughs) You know, what's the difference? But see, that's where we have to trust in the Lord. We begin to lean on our own understandings and we start thinking in the the realms of time and in the realms of space and in the realms of our our own uh, natural understanding and we'll miss out on what God is saying. He wants us to stand on His Word and His Word alone, even when it doesn't make sense to our own natural being. 
And be able to say, because when you really grab a hold of that, like I said, I believe Pastor Dave was, was in revival. He's like, we're there. And see, that's where when you begin to receive the word of God outside of your own understanding, you, it allows him to put something in the realm of the spirit where it's outside of the things of time. And you can actually grab it as though it's already done. Tulsa is in revival. You know, it doesn't say Tulsa is going to be in revival. It doesn't say I can't wait until Tulsa is in revival. It doesn't say how wonderful it's going to be when we get to revival. But it says Tulsa is in revival. And I've been here many Sunday nights when we've said that over and over again. And I believe that... We want to believe that when we say it, not think that we do believe it when we say it. We're doing everything we can to believe that. But somehow we aren't really, we're not living there yet. And if we're not careful, we can talk ourselves out of that. We begin to say, well, you know, when revival gets here, then this, this or that will happen. I understand that we need to recognize where we are and recognize the places where we need to mature and the places where we need to advance in order to have the fullness of God manifest in our lives. I understand that. But by faith, we have to grab a hold of the truth that we're in revival. You know, um, Abraham, there was something he had to do before Isaac could be born. Right? There was an action that had to take place, but yet he was still calling himself the father of many nations. But before the child could be born on the earth, there were things that had to take place that in his body couldn't take place anymore. And yet he was still not saying, one day I'll be Abraham. But he said, but see, God had already called him Abraham. God had already made that decision. God had already put it into place. And I believe God's already made a decision for us that He's called us to revival. In His mind, it's done. In His mind, that's where we are. Tulsa is in revival. And we have to trust in that word from the Lord, not just by faith taking it and saying it over and over again, which that's good and we should do that, but to where where it, it... lives in us to the capacity that it's no longer faith, but reality. See, somewhere there's, I don't know where that is in your life, or, but somewhere in, your, in, in, in my spirit, when I'm believing God for something, I'm, I can tell when it switches over from faith to reality. And it's always before you actually see it. I remember when uh, we first got married, I was driving this old truck. It was a 1992 Ford Ranger. And the truck, the tires were bald. I mean, we were in trouble, you know. And I was using it for work and I had to drive it every day. And I mean, it, the tires are going to uh, go go out any time. And so we said, well, we're going to have to believe God for new tires. And we started confessing that. Lord, I thank you for new tires. I thank you, Lord, for tires on my vehicle. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us brand new tires. Lord, brand new tires. It's so great to have new tires on my car. And I would say that over and over again. But I remember when something changed on the inside of me and I looked out the window and I said, Teresa, look, there's brand new tires on that truck. You know, there weren't any new tires. 
But I knew something had changed. I was like, hey, I got new tires. There's new tires on that vehicle. And it wasn't long that my boss said to me, he said, Hans, you need some new tires. Let's go down to Sam's. We're going to put new tires on your truck. But it didn't happen until something changed on the inside of me. I learned that I'm trusting God to do what he said he's going to do, even when I can't see it in the natural, even when I don't know how it's going to come, even when I don't understand why I'm even in the situation I'm in, I can trust God that he has an answer. Recently, I feel as though we've gone through somewhat of an onslaught from the enemy. I don't think it's really like a singled out attack or anything like that. I think we're all going through uh, attacks all the time, and I realize that. But I noticed in my life the last several months, as we made some decisions to follow the Lord, uh, that the enemy has come to, to test us to see, you know, are you really going to follow the Lord? I'm not going to go through all of that, but um, there's been just an onslaught of things that I'm almost like this. This doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, how, how do these things happen? It doesn't. It just doesn't happen that way. But somewhere along the way, uh, and I shared this last week, you know, it, it, the Lord had to say to me or I, I, I say the Lord has said it to me, but it was like, it was more like it rose up in my spirit. If you understand what I'm saying. Just this question of why are you allowing it? And I realized that something had changed along the way where I wasn't actively standing in the place that God had called me to stand. It's easy to talk about it. It's easy to confess certain things and and say that you're walking in the power and the authority and the, the grace that God has given you. But it's another thing to really walk in it. It's another thing to really day by day trust in the Lord. It's easy to tell people you believe in God, but it's another thing when when everything that is is opposite of what you're believing is, is what's happening in your life. What do we do then? Well, it says, let not mercy and truth forsake thee, but bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. That so that thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. I believe we go back to basics. The gospel is not difficult. The truth of God's word is not difficult. It's easy to get off track when we complicate things and we try to figure out how we're going to do something. When we can go back to the basics and say, you know what, I'm going to take the word of God. I'm going to put it into my life. I'm going to bind it around my neck. I'm going, to, I'm going to make it first place. And I'm going to trust in that above what my circumstances say. And I'm not trying to um, belittle anyone's circumstances. I know that we all are going through some things that, that are almost unbearable at times. And, and we need one another to hold each other up and to, to be there for one another, not only in prayer, but in emotional support and in helping each other. But the tr- bottom line is we have to trust in the Lord. At some point, we got to dust ourselves off and say, okay, yeah, that was tough. But God, you're still God. 
You still have a call for my life. You still have an anointing. You still have a plan. You still have a purpose. Tulsa is still in revival. I know that was a rough week or a rough night or a rough day or rough whatever. But God, you still have the same plan. You haven't changed your mind. I know whatever it looks like is not what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the truth of what your word says. I'm looking at what you have provided and given to me. Praise the Lord. Let's go over to Habakkuk. Believe me, these were not things I was planning to to talk about today, but it's okay. Hallelujah. Habakkuk chapter 2. I didn't forget that it's Easter. I know we're supposed to be preaching about Jesus, but we are. It's just a different different manner. Habakkuk chapter 2. Verse 1 says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but in the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. When we're trusting in God... And we're trusting His ways and His truths and His understanding above our own. He's going to give us instruction. He's going to give us help along the way. What you do with that is going to determine the distance you'll be able to go in the things that God has said. Here, the Lord told him, he said, write a vision, make a vision, make it plain, write it down, so that anyone who sees it can run with it. I believe that we've done a pretty good job of that here at the prayer center. We have a vision for revival. We have a vision to press into God, to pull out the miraculous and see revival in a religious city. I may not get it word for word, but that's the vision that we have at the prayer center. That's the vision that we have at the prayer center. Jesus is Lord over Tulsa. Tulsa is in revival. But see, each one of us has a vision within us. Or, yes, yes, each one of us has a vision within us. You may not know, uh, you may not have heard as Habakkuk did. You may not have heard yet what the Lord has said. You might still be waiting. You might still be trusting that He's going to, to bring that to you. But I believe it's important what we do with what we hear from the Lord. We've had a lot of prophecy in this church. And prophecy is very important. It's it's the mind of God. It's uh, uh, directly, God directly speaking to us about instruction, direction, sometimes uh, correction at times. And... 
we can get to the place where we want that prophecy because it's exciting to hear God speak. It's exciting to see a gift in manifestation. It's exciting to, to know what the Lord is saying specifically. But then if we're not careful when the excitement wears off, when you're not standing under the anointing, when you're not in that place where God spoke, it all kinds of fades away. And then we go back and we read it and we're like, well, that, that doesn't sound like much fun. You know, that wasn't, that, that's not as exciting as, as it was when I was sitting in the room and I heard the words, you know, this, this is telling me go and pray. Well, I've been praying for X number of years. I knew that before I got there. Well, apparently we didn't know it. If God's still telling us, come away with Him. Spend time in prayer. Spend time with Him. Be devoted to Him. Times He tells us to cut certain things out of our life. One of the words He said, bring your... How did He say that? I'll say it this way. Basically, He was saying, bring your life before me and let me... Let me judge the things that need to be in your life and what does not. Say, yeah, but I like watching Netflix every Tuesday night. Well, that's okay if he says it's okay. But see, when we really bring our life to him, we're saying, Lord, what would you have me do so that I'm ready and so that I can have a place in my heart where Tulsa is in revival can live? Because obviously... I'm not there yet. Just like Abraham. He wasn't there yet. He still made a place for Abraham, a father of many nations. He still would say that, confess that, and own that name. I'm the father of a multitude. But yet, somewhere in his life, it hadn't become a reality yet. But it says that he continued to give glory to God. You know, he continued to glorify God and he didn't waver in his faith. There's probably been days when I've wavered in my faith of Tulsa's in revival. But I believe the reason we don't waver in faith is because we have the blood of Jesus. (laughs) And when I take a bath in the blood of Jesus, I have never failed God. Thank God for the blood. So as long as you continue in the blood, as long as you continue in His grace and in His forgiveness, we're standing in faith. We're not wavering and we keep glorifying, giving glory unto God that Tulsa is in revival. And putting our trust in Him, that He's the one bringing it to pass, that in my own understanding, I don't know how it, what it might look like, but see, when we start saying phrases like that, then we're already getting into our own understanding. Because I've heard people say that many times. You know, I'm trusting God, but I don't know how He's going to do it. Well, see, already, you be. And I'm not knocking that. I understand the process of that. I understand the thinking behind that. But the truth is, our trust is in the Lord, period. I don't have to explain to you why, what, the way that it's going to happen. I don't have to explain to you what I know or don't know. I just tell you, I'm trusting God. My trust is in Him. Tulsa is in revival. Well, that's silly. We just saw this and that and the other thing last night. I, I didn't ask you. <laughs> you know, Tulsa is in revival. 
And so for us, when we're trusting God and when we're putting our faith in Him, we've got to have what, what He says to us has to become such a part of us that when we write down the prophecies that we write down, it's not because people, it's not because the staff at this church doesn't have enough to do. Okay, they write these things down so that you and I can go back and look at this and it's plain enough that we can run with it. It's plain enough that we, we have no excuses for saying we didn't understand what God wanted to do in this place. See, if I'm going to fail, then I'm going to fail because, because of my own choices. It's not going to be because I didn't know. The truth has been made available to us. It's been written down. It's been made plain that when you read it, you can run with the things that God is saying. You can run with the things that, that He's given to us. But there are instructions in those prophecies. There are instructions written down that I would say some of us don't even remember what they were. And if they were brought up, we would say, oh, I didn't know that he said that. Say, how do you know that, Hans? Well, because I've read through there. And I said, wow, I forgot that he'd said, I didn't remember him saying that. Didn't even know that he said that. Wow. I know it's not a shouting message this morning, but... I believe it's important for us to get to that place that God's been talking to us about making adjustments. And there has to be some adjustments made in our life to make room for what the Lord is saying so that we can mature into all that He has for us right here in this place. Because we're going to see it come to pass. God is bringing this revival. It's going to happen. And He's bringing it through us. And so, in order for it to happen, we're going to have to be matured into the things of God and into the fullness of what He is saying to us. When an army prepares for war, which, honestly, that's what an army does all the time. They're always preparing for Battle, because that's what they do. That's what, that's the purpose of the army is to protect its people. Whatever nation or group that they're a part of, that army is there in order to defend and, and either on a defensive or offensive attacks to protect and serve its people. But when they prepare, when you enlist in the army, they don't take the new enlistments and say, okay, we're going to send them over to this other country that we're fighting. We're going to leave the more mature ones here. They don't do that. See, there's, there's a training that they have to go through. And that training, in a way, it's as if they're brainwashed into believing things a certain way. And I don't mean that in a negative connotation. I mean they have to change the way they think. And for many people, it is a, a drastic change for them to enter into the army because they have been living a particular way and now they have to learn a whole new set of rules, a set of regulations. Maybe they weren't disciplined at home. Maybe they didn't have to do certain things. And now all of a sudden, they've got to do what they've been told to do. 
But there's not one of them that's, that's going to set foot. They're not going to send someone to the front lines that hasn't been through, meticulously been through every bit of that training until they've been transformed into a soldier that's able to stand and withstand all of the stress and the, the anxiety and all of the um, toughness that it takes to be on the front line. And you know, uh, uh, Gary brought a word just a few weeks ago that he said, you're going to be on the front lines even sooner than you think you're ready for it. But you know, God's not going to just toss children out in front of the people. He wants us to be on the front lines. And some of us are going to be in the front lines. But we have to receive the training from the Lord. And you know, when you're in the army, you don't get to go through that list of things that they told you to do that day and check off the things that you want and not do the things you don't want. It doesn't work that way. You know? Well, today, let's see. It says I have to make my bed. It says I have to do physical training. It says I have to do, you know, run three miles. I'm gonna, you know, well, I don't really feel like making my bed today. So we'll skip that part. We'll just, you know, it doesn't turn out well for that person if they decide not to do that. And they're probably going to be making their med more than once <laughs> if they decide that that's not what they want to do. And see, God is not an evil dictator. He's not an, an evil father. He's a good father. But he's also not going to let you get by without making your bed if he told you to make your bed. You know, maybe you, what you like to do is the physical training. He's, well, you don't get to do the physical training because you didn't make your bed. So you might be making your bed all day long while somebody else is doing the things that you enjoy to do because he's not going to send you out if you're not prepared. It's not an evil thing. It's a loving, wonderful, caring thing. It's a meticulous thing. It's a methodical thing. When you're in an army, people are relying upon you. And you have to be able to withstand the things that come against you. So if it feels uncomfortable, if it seems like you're behind and you want to be doing more than you're doing, just know that it's because God loves you. It's because He loves us that He's keeping us in a place where we're able to uh, learn and receive what's necessary to stand where he's sending us to go. And I believe he's telling us ahead of time so that we can recognize if you haven't been making your bed, we can recognize that and say, okay, it's time to do that. You know, maybe he, he, he's made it plain that if you're not in prayer in the way that you used to be in prayer, uh, I would say it this way, like if prayer doesn't have the same priority in your life that it had before, then that's an adjustment that needs to be made because he's trying to put you on the front line sooner than you think you're ready. But if the day comes to be on the front line and you haven't made the adjustment to put the priority in prayer, he's not going to be able to do that. If you find yourself there, it might not be because God put you there. And we have to, if we want to have God's plan in our life and we want to trust in Him and not lean to our own understandings, then we have to also trust His ways. We have to trust what He's telling us and and be willing to walk the way that He has us walk. I've said many times, in the things of God, 
the shortest distance between two points is not always a straight line. We think in our mind we know how to get there. And he may take us a completely different route. But we trust in him and know that the reason that other route is available is so that we can have everything that we need when we get there and find ourselves fully equipped to win. Hallelujah. He has great expectations. Great expectations of us. The Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. And um, I believe that we're not just on the verge of something. It's almost like that doesn't even describe what I sense in my spirit. We are, um, we're not late. I don't feel like God is, God is not disappointed. But He's ready. I'm trying to describe what I'm, what I'm seeing in a way is, is like, It's like the activity is already going on. Whether you want to call it a party, you want to call it revival, call it what it's a, it's almost this is what I'm just I'm trying to describe to you what I see in my spirit right now. It's like it's already happening and we're in the <laughs> well, that's a, okay. It's like when uh, uh what I see is a a a, ch- a, a child's um birthday party. Let's say you show up to some place like Incredible Pizza and there's all this fun activity going on and everybody's in there doing it. But it's like we're standing in that lobby and they're explaining to us what it's going to be like and what's going to be required of us as we enter in to partake of that. And I feel like that's really where the Lord has us right now. It's not like we're trying to bring this to pass. No, it's already come. It's already here. He's just saying, okay, uh, have patience. Give me a moment. Let me explain a few things to you. Let me prepare your hearts and get you ready. Because right now, if I just turn you loose in there, you might get hurt. If I just turn you loose, you might mess some things up. But if you understand the rules and you're willing to uh, abide by them, then you're going to have a great time. And we're going to accomplish all that we came here to accomplish. And I believe that's the place that God has us. It's like we're right here in the place of revival. But He's asking us to be patient. To receive the fullness of the instruction. To receive the fullness of the maturity that we can walk in. And so that when we step into this place that's already prepared for us. That we're able to function in a way that we don't get hurt. And in a way that He can accomplish everything that He wants to accomplish in His timing and in His way. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways and He shall direct your paths. Hallelujah. He's directing us. He's putting a path before us, preparing us, maturing us, equipping us to walk in all that He's prepared for us. I'm going to share with you something quickly and then we're going to dismiss. I just, I just want to let you know that my family and I are preparing a trip back to 
Africa. We always say we're going on a trip, but this is not really a trip. I don't know what to call it, but uh, this is something when we're trusting God. See, the Lord gave me a word. He spoke to me. He said he'd given me the, uh, the continent of Africa. He put Africa in my heart, those types of things. And so we've done our best just to follow him, just to trust in him. And uh, through frustration and different difficult times, I've learned to just say, okay, God, this is your call, not mine. <laughs> this is your idea. This is, and, and, and you're going to have to uh, bring it to pass the way you want to. And it seems like every time I've done that, no matter whether it be with this or with any other thing in my life, that's when I begin to receive the real direction that he might have for us. And in June, June 1st, we have our tickets and we're, we're going. Uh, Teresa's going with me. Jonathan is going with me. And my brother-in-law, Milo's going with me. We're going to Uganda and Kenya. And I've uh, been very... How, how do I say that, Lord? When, when I'm going to do something, or when the Lord has put it on my heart to do something, it takes me a little while to, to really know what it is that, that He wants and to be 100% confident. Once I'm confident and I know I'm there, I'm gone. But before that, I'm, I'm, I'm reluctant to say very much. I'm reluctant to share very much. But the Lord, just here recently, probably in the last couple of weeks, see, we're doing more than just taking a trip. I had a dream uh, that I woke up from a little while ago and in the dream I was speaking and I said, it's as if God has grabbed the nation of Kenya, crushed it into blood, and put it in my veins. And I woke up, I don't know if that was a dream or if it was after I woke up, but, but I woke up hearing those words. And then as we're preparing to go this time, we're going, uh, we're going to be gone for seven weeks, or a little over six weeks, between six and seven weeks. To me, it's not really a trip. We're going there. And the Lord said this. He said, I want you to invest in Africa. And I believe if what, if the Lord's will is done, I believe that the prophecy that Bronx said that this is the year to possess the land I believe that will come to pass. That's about as far as I'm going to say it today. <laughs> but I'll just tell you that we, when we come back, we'll have a place in Kenya that we haven't had before. Um, and we'll have established something that has the, it's, it's kind of in its infancy stages, but it will be further along. And um, one of the things that we're definitely going to do is we're establishing a better means of remote Access so that we're able, when we're here, we're there. And it'll be that way to a point that it won't, it won't be much different whether we're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or we're standing in Kenya, uh, Africa. It will be uh, almost identical. Uh, obviously, you have to be on a TV screen or something like that, but it will be uh, much better than what it is today. So, I say that because I, I covet your prayers. I do feel like we've been, uh, we've had somewhat of a, onslaught of attacks here lately but we are standing strong we're trusting God and we're trusting in his ways and so 
Uh, We ask for your prayers in that. And uh, with that, I'm going to dismiss you all, and we'll see you at 10 o'clock.